Hey, it's Remy and welcome to the Penta Page podcast. Today's episode is the second episode with Eve Bennett um, and it's basically the second half of this long conversation we had. Last week we spoke about Oxford languages and journalism, so I'd recommend checking out that episode from last week before continuing on with this one. To get involved with episodes and to keep up to date with the podcast, follow at Pentapage Podcast on Instagram and DM me to let me know your thoughts on this episode. I won't be including a productivity tip or a book recommendation in this one since I want to get right into it. So yeah, thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. So I'm going to move on back to academic stuff. So I'm going to chat a bit about GCSEs and and A levels and your um and your experience in that. So so while taking your your GCSEs and A levels, your your content on YouTube became really focused on studying and and like revision tips and all of that kind of stuff. Um and you were also transparent about times when you were feeling really stressed um or or like overwhelmed due to school stuff. So yeah. um so how has your approach towards um towards exams and revising changed since then? Obviously it's been like a while since you've done exams, but generally speaking, yeah. Man, I just can't imagine. Like I, I look back at, at myself and I think, how did I do that? Do you know do you ever do that where you just like look back and you think, how did I yeah. do something? And so yeah. I was so highly strung. I was just so stressed and highly strung about everything. And I had to know everything. And at GCSE, not gonna lie to you, it was possible to know everything. And yeah. at A-level, at A-level as well, you know, it's very difficult, but if you're like me and you'll push yourself to the point of breaking point, it is also possible to know everything. Yeah. Like it is possible to go into that exam and have pretty much all the knowledge in your head that you would ever possibly need. It's possible. University, it is not even like you can't eat, no. No. Um, and so that was a big shock to the system. Um, and especially when you do a literature degree, it's just so open-ended. It's just mm. so open-ended. Like, but that's the beauty of it is you don't need to know everything, and that you can get you can get the top marks through lots of different pathways. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't regret like my GCSEs and A levels. I I regret kind of like year twelve. I think I really did get like quite lost in the stress of like getting into Oxford. And, I wish I'd had a bit more of a social life um, sometimes and that I hadn't put so much weight on it. And I wish as well, when I look back at um, my A-levels, um, I wasn't looking after myself again. I'd like pulled like half of my eyebrows out from the stress. And, you know, it was just so, I was just so highly strung and so stressed and so anxious and like just so worried. And I'd constantly be going to teachers and I'd be like, oh my God, like, is it going to be fine? And of course they all knew I would be fine. Yeah. Because like I was doing the most, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> and now... And so then in my in my first year of university, like that is those are the hardest set of exams I think I'll probably ever take because they're so different to what you're used to and they're such a shock to the system. And I had eight three hour exams in the space of like two weeks. It was no joke. And there's just so much you could know. Like you're never even gonna scratch the surface of what you could know. And I was also struggling mentally, like it was a big fat mess, right? Um, and I wasn't looking after myself again. I made all the mistakes. And it, as I said, every all of my bad habits that had got me through my GCSEs and A-levels did not work at uni. But just before my exams, I started going to therapy. And um, my worst habit was always after an exam, I would pull the exam apart and I'd pick about all the things that I'd done wrong and I'd obsess over it and I'd convince myself that I failed. Hmm. Um, and so my therapist challenged me to not do that with that set of exams, was to do the exams and to not think about them afterwards. And I did do that. I came out and I thought, okay, that went how it went. Um, I had one where it went a little bit wrong and I had I allowed myself to have an afternoon where I was upset about it. And then yeah. and I genuinely forgot the date that we got the results for those exams because I I'd, I'd, I'd really stuck to my word and I'd said, no, I'm not going to worry about it. Worrying's not going to change the result. Yeah. I'm just going to go in and do my best. And they were the best exam results I've ever got. And then second year... I made a real conscious commitment to relaxing a bit more and to actually spending less time working. So to really pack my day out so that when I was working, it would be like a concentrate. So for example, say that you've said, I'm going to revise today. Um, and you just spend your whole day like kind of revising, kind of not. Yeah. Um, and, and you're miserable because you're spending your whole day kind of sat at your desk, but you're not getting that much done. Mm. What I would do, I would say, right, I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to revise in the morning. I'm going to revise from, I usually did it from like 8 a.m., till about to just after lunchtime so I would really get in my six hours like early in the day and the rest of the day was mine and because I knew I was doing fun stuff and doing other things those six hours would be way more concentrated and I and if somebody invited me to the pub I would go 
if if it yeah. meant that I had to do something a little bit more last minute, if it meant that I didn't do something perfectly. And I actually found, and my tutor literally said this to me, she's like, you kind of taking your foot off the gas and just relaxing a little bit has done miracles for your work because yeah. somehow you've you've improved yourself even more because your your life is more holistic. And so yeah. I would say that the one lesson I've learned going right back from GCSE up until today is that study smarter, not harder, basically. And I know in my final year, there'll definitely be a temptation to go back to those like nine hour studying days that I used to do at GCSE. And I won't be doing that. Yeah. Like um, I've made a commitment to myself now that I'm going to take a day off every week, even when it comes up to exam season, that I'm yeah. going to carry on exercising because that's something that I never used to do it would always be the self-care that would get dropped out first it would always yeah. be exercising it would always be eating proper foods especially my first year of uni I was having ready meals every day it wasn't exercising because I was like that's the thing that can go that's the thing that doesn't it does matter mm. and Absolutely. so for me for me now a successful exam season won't be topping the year a successful exam season will be doing well but also looking back and thinking, I had days off. I've not put on or lost loads of weight because I've not been eating properly. Yeah. I've not been tearing my hair out. I've been exercising, keeping my mind healthy, keeping hydrated. And that, yes, it will be difficult. Exam season is difficult and you will be stressed and you will not feel at your best. But you also don't need to run yourself into the ground. So I think over the years, you do just have to learn from your mistakes. Um, but I've really learned that less is more and that taking the time out to see friends, to exercise, to have a bath and shower and relax will actually do just as much for your results as the work that you actually put in. It's a 50-50 equation. And so I really regret sometimes looking back at my videos and how much I was working and you could see like how unhealthy I was. Yeah. Um, that I would never want to promote that. Um, but I wasn't promoting at the time. That was just what I was doing. Um, and so going forward, especially when I go back into study content for probably one more year, it's definitely going to be a more, I'm going to really challenge myself. I'd rather do five hours of revision a day and have seen my friends in the evening and have done a workout and have eaten decently and have taken some time for myself than do seven hours of work a day and feel stressed and burnt out. So that's basically yeah. what I've learned. And I think that that is such an important lesson to learn that your life doesn't have to stop for exams. If anything, you making sure that exams is not the only thing in your life will actually mean that you do better at your exams. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Just just like creating proper separation between mm -hmm. working, relaxing, self-care, like it, it, it is so important. And it's so like easy to like look past it, you know? You yes. know, like A-levels are like, hard and it's and it's like hard to like balance everything because there is always just so much going on like you are at such like a stage in your life where everything's changing where like yeah people are changing so it's so it's hard but I think like a reminder to anyone listening please just just like give yourself a break because it it will do wonders and you'll just feel better rather than always just tired and you know, exhausted. I would say as well that you are going to make mistakes and you are going to look back at your A-levels yeah. and you are going to go, oh, I wish I'd done this differently. That is just part of life. Yeah. Um, and I don't regret ever like doing things the way that I did because I... I like, from it. And I can preach, I can preach to GCSE age people all day and there will still be mini eves that will, will do things exactly the way that I did. And like, that is just how it is. But what I would say is seriously... Like, especially as you were saying, when you get to A-level, you really think that every minute of the day that you're not spending revising is somehow going to be of detriment yeah, to you. Yeah, seriously. When you, when you actually start to learn that it really, really... A, it's quantity, it's quality, not quantity, 100%. Yeah. Three hours of really intense revision is going to be so much better than 12 hours of half-hearted revision. I'm telling you that yeah. now. It's so important that you treat your academics and your exams as an important part of your life, but as a part of and not yeah. the central part of your existence that everything else has to fit itself in to. Yes. And that's something that I never used to do and something that I, I swear to God, no matter how much pressure, there will be a lot of pressure on me in my final year, not just from me, but from my viewers, from my tutors who also expect... I'm really dreading. Yeah. They're, they're going to think that I'm going to be like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have worked so hard over my but no it's fine there's going to be a lot of pressure on me and i think the real t the real for me if i come out of my fourth year with a 2-1 and i've had a great time and i've not lapsed into unhealthy drinking and eating habits i've not started drinking myself to black out to, to cope with the stress like i was in my first year mm -hmm. i've not cut off friends i've not um 
pulled my hair out i've not made myself ill and i come out with a slightly lower exam result doesn't bother me but most importantly i don't think that will happen i think that if i make the effort to look after myself that my exam result will not suffer as a result of that that's what i wish i i'd known and it's so hard it's so 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 hard to put that in to, to remember that and when it when you're in it when you're in the stress it's so easy and so tempting to just miss that workout no it doesn't even have to yeah. be workout like miss that walk miss that fresh air miss that like make yourself like a, a ready meal rather than some vegetables like of course you're not going to be perfect of course there's going to be days where you can't be bothered yeah. and you, i'm not trying to say you need to be some all singing all dancing machine i'm just saying that i swear and i promise you a one hour bath when you're watching your favorite movie and having a cup of tea will probably do more benefit for you than an extra hours revision. And Absolutely. that's the fact. Yeah. <laughs> that is the fact. <laughs> yeah, like honestly. Um, and and um, don't know how many of you have, have watched results day videos, but you'll hear every single person say, grades don't define you. And it's so difficult because, because I mean, people can like not really take it seriously and it kind of just feels like a, um, like a disclaimer that always needs to be there but genuinely you are more than you are more than school you are more than academics you you are a whole person whether you get like a lower grade in like an exam does not make you any worse of a person or any less worthy of of anything so and in the long run you won't care i look back and i think yeah okay great i got 12 a stars at gcse when have i when has anybody ever asked me never Honestly, I mean, like, I'm glad that I put the work in that I did. I'm really proud of my results and I always will be. But I know, and I, this is the first time in my life as well when I say that if I got a 2-1 and not a first, and, and I want to stress again that a 2-1 is a perfectly decent grade, but when you've grown up as a compulsive perfectionist like I have, your brain will tell you that it's not, mm -hmm. um, that I would be okay with it. I really would. If I graduated, if I was at my graduation ceremony and I got a 2-1, um, and I got a job lined up and I'd been a holistic individual in my final year and I'd really enjoyed it and I'd worked on other things that weren't my degree that will benefit me in the future as well and that I don't come out with that perfect grade like also no one's got no employer's gonna care either really true because absolutely this is this is something else that somebody pointed out to me would you rather have a first on your CV um, but nothing else or would you rather have a 2-1 and you've been like president of a society you've worked on all these different things you've got yeah. all these other skills you've attended classes on the side you're just a more well-rounded individual like my mom recruits people as part of her job and she's like I will always take a full CV with a 2-1 over a first but has got nothing else to show so True. as I said a part of your life an important part but only a part of who you are as a person and by no means the de defining part of who you are as a yeah. person yeah, like sixth forms and universities and um and like employers do care more about experience you have and passion you have and um and what you've done past just your grades because as i'll speak about later a huge reason that i really do not like the current education system is because of the absolute focus on on a memorization and not really learning um yeah so moving on um i'm going to talk a bit about um about the main focus of my podcast which is all about education system reform so so as you know um and as i've spoken about plenty um i have plans to to create a petition on the gov.uk website about reforming the education system i think i'm going to do an email to to um, gavin williamson um who to anyone international that's the um that's the education secretary of state um so so basically trying to emphasize um i'm using more like variations of of coursework having a more inclusive curriculum and not focusing on um, on like exams so heavily and um, and also just being more focused on genuinely learning out of how important and, and enjoyable learning is rather than memorizing. So what are your thoughts on that idea of changing it? Like, do you agree that it needs changing? Yeah. Oh man, I mean, the education system is a bit of a, it's so difficult because it's such a difficult thing to change. Like it really is. Mm. Um, the A-level reforms that our year group had to go through, oh, it's just so stupid. Like I did the old GCSE and the new A-level, which was a real slap in the face yeah. because it was a complete change. They were so much harder. Um, and I don't think they really thought that one through. Um, but as someone that has done both, the older ones, yeah, it is true. The older ones, especially to take to take A-level languages for an example, actually, because that's a good example. The old one was was quite an easy one, really, because, you know, everything was pre-prepared and, like, it was very based yeah. on memorization, whereas the... And that was why native speakers always did really well in the A-levels, because it was just stupidly easy for them because of how it was based. And then 
when they brought in the new A-level, it was so much harder. And I don't really agree with how they did it, but like it is less based on memorization. Like there is there is a slight shift, not a yeah. big enough shift, but you know, you, you, it, you had to like write about literature and stuff in the language and you yeah. had to have independent thoughts and your speaking was completely spontaneous and you could only prepare so much for that. All of the sort of like pre-prepared elements were taken away, which was so hard for our year group because we, we'd done the GCSE, which was very much based on yeah. regurgitation. Um, but I think that that was it. that Michael Gove did it very badly, but I think that it, the, the intention was there. And I think that it could be the start of something really good where your grade is not based on how much information you can regurgitate, exactly. but more on how you can take the information that you know and apply it to a unique situation. I think that's where the shift needs to move. So yeah. like sciences, for example, it would just be like, have you, like somebody as well can get the right answer, but if it's not exactly what's on the mark scheme, they won't get the mark. Mm. Um, and I think that science A-levels would be much better. Like imagine you had an exam day where you just went into a lab and you were faced with a situation yeah, and you just had to use what you've learned in the last year um, that you've not scrambled to memorize, but you've just really like taken in and apply that to a situation and justify it. And you're marked on your ability to react. Because when you go into a chemistry lab, you're not going to need to know everything exactly. off by heart. Because there's books, like even translators, like there are dictionaries, like it's just hmm. stupid. Like, some of the Oxford thing does need changing, but like the Oxford literature exam is very much like that. It's as in, it, you don't need to know all the quotes in the world. It's more about mm. how you can think originally about a question. And like the reason I did as well as I did in my first year was my tutor said was because I took the question and I just came at it from a completely different angle. And I think that that's what, that's what the education system should be teaching. It should be teaching people to think and to react and to adapt, most importantly. I think it's more important. I think it'd be better to have a smaller, like to know less things off by heart, to not know the pH value of one chemical, but to be able to walk into a lab where there's this experiment gone wrong and be able to fix it with the knowledge that you have, because that's going to help you in real life. You knowing the periodic table by heart is not going to help you, because I hate to break it to you, love. The periodic table will be on a poster in that room that you can yeah. reference at any point. So I think that what the education system needs and i don't know if this will ever happen because i think it's just too dramatic and too revelationary for the english brain well for the uk brain to think of because we're just so used to it is to have exams that aren't really exams they're not just you yes. writing i i think i just think that any student that graduated from school would benefit so much more if all of their exams had been like reacting to situations and just being practical or projects that they've had to work on for a long amount of time that they've really yeah. had to they don't like that's why now because the pandemic we've started having open book exams because obviously yeah. you know they can't really and people have realized oh hey Maybe like if we just gave them the access to the materials, we can still mark them on how resilient, creative and thoughtful they are. Exactly. Without... So I think, I hope there is a shift. But I, as I said, I think the, I think the new A-levels kind of, it, they turned in that direction, but they've not really gone full pelt. And I'd, yeah. love, I'd love to see um, a language A-level that wasn't just having to like regurgitate things that was actually you being put in a situation and... Like, why is a language A level? Why did I? Why do I know fluently how to speak about immigration reform? But I, when yeah. I got to Germany, I'd forgotten how to ask for a bag in a supermarket. You know, mm. it's just not very practical. Like, I think like education does like need to be more focused on careers or like or like how yes. you could actually like um, finance um, careers, all of these things. Exactly. How many people have have taken like biology, chemistry, maths, A levels? And then and then gone to a hospital and done work experience and realised I I like actually don't enjoy this that much. They push STEM so much and I think people aren't getting the like experience that they need in like in the earlier stages to feel more comfortable about what they want to do. Yeah, one thing I would say actually is that I'm really really heartened to see like more practical subjects kind of making their way into the curriculum. So. For yeah. example, you're talking about STEM. And so I think that sometimes maths as a subject can be very abstract. And you're learning how to solve all of these problems, but in real life, like where are you going to apply that, right? So then more people are going to do a degree in engineering, for example, because if you go and do a degree in engineering, you're learning how to apply it into a certain situation. My sister, for example, she now, my school now offers computer science, which they never used to offer. And I think that's a really great subject because she spends her yeah. days building websites, developing games. And like, if she goes into a career in computer science, that will be exactly what she is doing. And the yeah. skills she's, she's not learning theoretical stuff. All of her lessons are like practical, getting stuck in, 
I think that there's a stigma around that. I think that people think that if you don't know all the arty-farty academic stuff, that you're somehow less clever. So Oxford's, exactly. a, very, Oxford's a very theoretical place, you know, that's what that's what their degrees are based on there's a lot of criticism for example of their medicine degree a medic will not set foot in a hospital until their fourth year of their degree at oxford because they spend the first three years learning the science really just yeah as you're saying like so many people as well take an a level and they could just completely forget everything that they learn in that situation why don't why are there not more lessons about taxes about home ownership about practical things that you will need in your later life i don't know anything about mortgages i don't know anything about finance i don't know anything about when I had to pay my taxes for the first time, I was like, what is this? How does this work? Mm. Like, th- these are all things that could be taught in schools. Um, it's sad, really. It's, it is really sad because a lot of this knowledge just goes to waste. It gets learnt for an exam and then it gets forgotten. Yes. And, that, and that's... Whereas if, if you had more practical-oriented things, I guarantee you that you would come out with more... That's why apprenticeships are becoming more popular because you're earning yeah. money and you're learning the skills that you need specifically for the career that you are going into, which just makes sense. Like, it makes sense, you know. Um, but sadly, I hate to say it, but, you know, just because something makes sense doesn't mean the UK government are going to listen. No. So. <laughs> no, honestly. I did an interview with my friend Tom, um, um, and we had, like, a huge conversation about, um, like, about English, like, like academically, and, and how, like, does it really make sense for, well, like, learning the skill of, of writing, like, an essay, like, like in a really quick time when like how does that benefit you otherwise like yeah it doesn't i think we aren't getting the skills that that they kind of talk about because um because i had done some research about why they changed it anyway and it was because they wanted it to like match up to like other education systems globally and and for our country students to be to be like competitive like against other countries and and to have like really great skills and i just don't see where the skills in most of the subjects lie like yeah, they're silly. being competitive about the wrong things. Like being, exactly. Why would you want to rival other countries that are also doing it the wrong way? I would I would be much prouder as a prime minister if I was having people graduate school with the skills necessary to become a construction worker or to go into fashion or to go into marketing or to go into whatever they wanted. Yeah. And to know how to like buy a car and to like furnish their house and how stamp duty works and all of these things. Exactly. Because these are all things that you just don't learn. I wonder how much it costs the UK economy each year that people just don't have the basic life skills that they need seriously to, to succeed. So I think that the UK, I think the UK is looking too much outwards and is not looking at what could we be teaching our kids in school. Another example, like healthy relationships are not taught in schools. I was never taught no. what a healthy relationship was like, and you see that in the patterns of male behaviour towards women, for example, or yeah. domestic abuse cases, or all of these things like that could be tackled. Shock horror. With education. No, I mean, like, sex ed is still so old-fashioned. So, like, so like formulaic and doesn't consider, you know, like, LGBTQ plus people. No. Nope. At all. Like, it's just so, it's just so old-fashioned. Um, And, and that's why, like, I, I really want to fight for, like, a more inclusive curriculum in, in, like, every subject. Because it's just silly. Yeah, because like, I know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. But did I know, you know, how to protect myself against sexually transmitted diseases or where I would go to get tested for that? Or yeah. like these just it's just it's daft. It really is. I'm not saying that we should stop learning about photosynthesis. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying maybe a little bit less emphasis on cellular biology, unless you want to be a cellular biologist and a little bit more emphasis on how to navigate the big wide world. Exactly. Because unless you want to go into academia, you're not going to be doing academics all your life. So school no. is su- school. It could be somewhere that really does just set you up in good stead to to be a good citizen. Um, yeah. And I don't think school puts enough emphasis on teaching people how to be citizens of a country, how to yeah. function within the system that they're growing up in. So I think that you know I know all about the Tudors and all about World War Two which is great. And it's great to have that knowledge if you're interested and passionate in those things. Of course, I'm not saying that we should scrap all of that, but why not allow students to pick the things that they're interested in, to learn about it for the sake of learning, not because they've got to memorize it all for an exam, but, and then put more emphasis on things that people should be learning, like taxes and and finance and relationships. And I just, I wish if I was education minister, these were all things that I would do. And I know that for the first year or so, it would be chaotic and it would be uncomfortable and it would be controversial, but the citizens of the UK would thank me in the long run. <laughs> exactly. Education is is like the foundation of, 
of like everyone's life essentially because after you were out of it you were into the world so Mm -hmm. it is so important to like give people the information which can actually help them thrive and feel like they can navigate the world without feeling like just just huge amounts of of stress and there are just so many students who still don't like school at all and you could tackle that by not like linking stress with learning because because it's not really learning like it's like it is memorization and i i could speak forever about like about like the bad side of um of exams like like circumstantially like like some people are, are just in such like such like difficult situations that it's hard for 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 teachers and then and then like examples to kind of look at every single student the same and and i don't know like i just think school could be so much more 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 like empowering and positive and yeah Definitely. I haven't got anything else to say on that, to be honest. I think we've, I think between us, we've hit the nail in the head, on the head. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to move on to the final bit now and speak a bit about StudyTube because I don't know how many of you have been interested in, um, in the StudyTube community, particularly the, the UK one, but, um, but Eve has been a very, she's an OG member of the UK StudyTube community sphere you know um and it has changed so much since um since it was emerging um and like a few years ago you know like more um more like mainstream news places were were, were writing articles about study tubers and stuff like that so um so eve so how do you feel about the changes in content from from like study tubers um you know like including yourself and and did the study tube niche end up feeling too limiting for you i'm incredibly glad that it's changed in yeah. in a multitude of ways look it wasn't bad it's never been a bad place out of all of the communities on youtube it's it's the most it's the most useful in my opinion yeah. and the most positive it's give the reason that it flourished and it grew as quickly as it did is because me and ruby and a few other people at the same time sort of thought hey we all spend so much of our time watching youtube and yet it's not we're not using it to tell people about the one thing that all of us have in common which is school and education and like yeah. how to learn <laughs> if you can hear her in the background i apologize guys you'll have to just deal with some dog breathing um no problem. It, it grew as quickly as it did because there was a market for it and i used to i used to give tips on my channel and i used to think like this is such an obvious thing because i was really lucky and i went to a great school where my teachers did give very very good advice and people were like wow like this is such good advice and i was thinking oh my god like there are so many students that are just not getting the support that they need. Yeah. And um, I'm so proud. I, I can't even think of how many people StudyTube has helped in terms of whether yeah. it's literally just getting that extra mark on an exam to getting literally yesterday, the unique results came out, like the summer school for Oxford. And I had so many messages like, thank you so much for mentioning it. And thank you so much for sharing your experience because I've now got a place on that summer school and I have no doubt that summer school will go on to change their life like it did with me and um, I've had people message me like I've got into uni they've said because of me of course we weren't the only reason I hate it when people say that but we have helped and for that I will always be so chuffed but I'm glad that I'm glad okay so what I would say is that if you if you take the OG study tubers I'm just going to take a few because like there are loads um so it'd be me Jade um Jack Ruby Eve Cornwell, Lydia, maybe, just to go yeah. for like this core set. We've all grown up and we've all gone in different directions. And I think that as as we've all grown up, we have all realized that studying is not the be all and end all of your existence. And yeah. so I'm really glad that I, I, I've noticed a market shift in all of our content away from study with me, like 10 hours a day, like this, this, this productivity to, yeah, yeah, get productive with me, but also we're gonna film the low bits of the day, but also we're gonna film other content about other things that we enjoy. For example, I used to do study with me videos, which was just like music and me saying what I've studied. I don't think I would do one of those anymore purely because it filters out all of the other bits of the day. And so it looks like I've just done studying that day and it can, it it can, oh my God, I will admit openly, there've been countless times, especially in A-levels where I would watch one of Ruby or Jade's videos and I'd be like, oh my God, I've done no studying today and they've just done a 12 hour study with me and I feel awful. We definitely did feed into that toxic productivity without meaning to, I don't think, because at the time, sadly, like that was just what was, that was what we all thought was like what people wanted to see. Whereas now, um, obviously this year I'm not doing study content really. 
Um, but I've been having a massive thing and I've been talking to my management as well about sort of the fact that I probably will move back into being a bit more of a study tuber next year. But to take Lydia as a really great example, Lydia's Lydia used to do very like, you know, productivity, like study based yeah. videos. Whereas now Lydia, stu- Lydia studies incredibly hard and she works incredibly hard yeah. and she she gets really great results. But she also looks after herself and she eats well and she exercises and yeah. she does other things that she's really passionate about. And her vlogs now, rather than seeing like 10 hours study of me, you'll see like chilled but productive day in the life or yeah. get productive with me, but she'll also vlog herself chilling and doing these things. And I think that these this this new genre of study tube um is so much healthier same with jack jack's now left uni so he makes videos about books which is something that he's really passionate about or you know jade does more about things that she loves and eve cornwell now has completely stopped with the study content and she's just she's you know and because that's that's normal when you grow up and i'm sure there'll be another generation of uh, of study tubers that will come through but i think that our audience have grown up with us and our audience have gone on this journey with us where you know we've learned that exam results you know we've all faced rejection we've all faced difficulties whether that's being rejected from oxford being rejected from a uni struggling with your mental health we've all had setbacks and all of those setbacks have taught us important lessons and it's been really cool if you watch videos from like five years ago and you watch videos now you'll see how much of a healthier mindset we all have as a whole and how much how as I was saying earlier we all see education as a part of our lives and you're that's reflected on our channels and I think that that was a necessary growth but it's if you look at it it's not that we were bad to start with and that we've now suddenly become better it's that we've learned and our viewers have learned along with us and we've adapted and we've changed and now I would rather die than think I was making somebody feel guilty like even some days now I mean, I'm sure you still watch my videos. I hope you still do. Yeah. (laughs) After all these years, you've not just switched off. Um, No. um, Like my weekly vlogs are a lot more chilled now. And I try and and be really honest. Like if I'm having a bad day and I don't get anything done, I will say that and I'll be honest. You will tell us, yeah. But I still get people being like, oh, I wish I was as productive as you. And I hate that because I really, I really, really, really try to if I ever do a video about productivity or revision I will always caveat it with please don't think that this is the most important part of your life please yeah. rest so yeah I think I think study tube has changed I think it's definitely changed for the better and I enjoy watching the content more now as well as a, as a viewer you know there is still that side of study tube that's like all the pretty notes and the pens and the papers and stuff but yeah that's a different niche that's not really what I would count I wouldn't yeah. even know if you call it study tube anymore really. yeah I don't know yeah, like it's. I don't. Like it's I wouldn't kind of say like a I different would. area because because I I find that that's more of like, um, I don't know, you know, like American YouTubers who. Tend yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah, definitely. I well, it's because we've all grown up and we've all changed, and also, I mean, even Jack are no longer at uni. Um, Holly Gabrielle's doing a masters, I think now, so she's going on a different track. She went traveling, and that completely yeah. changed her perspective on life. Like I saw such a change in Holly. Lydia's going on a year abroad. I'm going to go into a full-time job after I graduate. Like we're all going on these different paths. And I think that that's why I wouldn't call it study tube in itself anymore because I mean, Manny as well. Manny's going to full-time job now. He doesn't do study tube content anymore. Viola's moved to Portugal. Like everyone has grown up. And when you, when you, when you take that first step out of the educational system, we, I would never take down any of the the videos giving, giving advice on how to pass your exams and stuff because but also, we don't need to make that content anymore because those videos are going to be on the internet are forever. There. Exactly. I don't need. To, I don't need to be rehashing how to revise for history GCC because, quite frankly, I couldn't tell you how to revise for history GCC anymore because I've I've not revised yeah. for it in like, oh my god, five years. Are you joking? That was actually awful. Um. So yeah, I think we've changed, but in a good way. Sorry, these answers are so long. I actually, if anyone is still listening, like props to you because, <laughs> as I said, this is why I want to go into radio because I can talk for England. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so from 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 my experience of watching study tube i watched it religiously it was like the main content i was consuming um and i can see why it would have been really really toxic for people because um because i really enjoyed study with me's because because it did genuinely get me motivated however you can also watch it from the perspective of of, of being self-critical and feeling yes. awful about what you're doing so i think i think like if you know that you are watching study tube and you're just gonna feel like unproductive awful you know like really criticizing yourself i think you have to just like not 
not go back to those older videos because I think they're like um the more like informative videos you know um I'm like about how to revise something those are always going to be helpful like I can mm. I can tell you now like like those tips from from everyone in the community have been very useful to me getting good grades and um and and like giving other people um um like advice um and I used to be the person who who would know everything like about the spec and everyone was like huh I don't I don't know what you're saying so yeah so it kind of changed how I um how I went about school but I think everyone who watches StudyTube or would consider watching it has to take it with a pinch of salt because because you could see why students might feel worse about it because I don't know it's just a hard time anyway school yeah tap into your own perspective I think that's something I also learned growing up was that sometimes I would just self-sabotage myself like I would yeah. have had a day where I'd not done much revision and I'd go and watch one of Ruby's study with me's and it would just make me feel like rubbish exactly. I'd have a, I would have other days where I wake up and think I just need that little bit of a push and then I'd go and watch one of Ruby's videos and I'm like right I'm gonna go and conquer the world today and I think that that's something you also learn like with time yeah. is just it, it, just with any YouTube content, actually, like even just what sometimes I will admit, like if I'm having a really bad day, the last thing I want to do is watch Jack Edwards be amazing at everything that he does. And Truth, I, yeah. I like or, or, or Jade or Eve Cornwell or Lydia, you know, sometimes some days if you're having an naff day yourself, it's self-sabotage just going and watching a vlog where people are achieving loads and like doing lots exactly. of stuff. And So I think it's all about a lot of people will put the blame on study tubers but i also think that there is some responsibility on viewers to understand that we do we did especially back then study tubers made videos about school and education and so there was yeah. always going to be more of a focus on that on the channel and i think sometimes we did get an undue amount of of rubbish from people because people would be like oh like you're 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 all you talk about is grades and stuff and i was like and studying and i was like yeah but that's what my channel is that's what it's about it's a that's channel that's literally the that's actually the title of the video the title <laughs> my well my channel was called revision with eve so exactly. like whereas now i get it you know as in now i have said openly that my channel is not just about revision i do lots of like chatty advice videos about life i even try and give relationship advice sometimes which is so hilarious <laughs> for someone that's never been in a relationship but my my channel's got a bit more variety these days and so i would understand if i started obsessing over something and only talking about one thing that somebody might say hey this isn't what we signed up for but if you if you're watching study tube as you said like you've it, it it's it's about education <laughs> so yeah yeah, so I would say I would say to anyone who who wants to kind of like look back at old like study tube videos for like advice or watch study with me for like motivation, you have to take it as inspiration. Yeah, and, inspiration and, exactly, and being like inspired by people. Like I've been so inspired by by you, by Ruby, by Jack, by um, by Eve Cornwell. Like like honestly, like like so inspiring. But I haven't taken it as as like wow my life is way worse than yours like yeah. i'm so like i'm unproductive i'm like an awful person they are out achieving things and i'm not because first of all i'm way younger than all of you <laughs> firstly but <laughs> but just trying to take all of that content with with a pinch of salt because it's because i don't know i mean i mean the way it kind of works you know like a study with me is meant to be motivating so if you are watching it and realize that that i guess your like subconscious intention is to make yourself feel bad you just got to not watch it and just yeah we yeah. as humans though are incredibly prone to comparison i still do it yeah. these days yeah like absolutely. you would think that there's nothing for me to compare at the moment i'm not studying for exams right but you know sometimes i'll look at like jack who's living like in like because i at the moment for me it's it's people who are moving out and like living alone yeah i, I really struggle to watch people's content like doing that at the moment because that makes me feel like rubbish because i am not in a I, I'm in a situation where I could move out financially and I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a mental headspace where I would rather be living it by myself, but it makes no logistical sense when I've got one year left of university. Like yeah. it doesn't make sense, right? So, and then I remember like Jack is older than me. Like, of course, like he's he's two years ahead of me, like in that respect. Yeah, exactly. So, the same analogy can be applied to lots of things and exactly what you said about education. Like people look up to me and they're like, oh my God, you did so well at GCC. You did so well at A-level. You've got into Oxford. I'm like, yeah, you're 16. You could do all of those things. I yeah, have exactly. to say that to my sister sometimes. I'm like, you're, the potential is there for you. I used to look at people who were at Oxford and think, God, wow, how amazing. And now yeah. I'm sat in, my, I'm like sat blackout in a club somewhere in Oxford, thinking, Oh, look, I'm here now. And I'm <laughs> yeah. just, you know, so pinch of salt, pinch of salt. Absolutely. Yeah, like just being honest about the content you're watching and just, just like, like if you're watching YouTube for the for the wrong reasons, just don't do it to just turn yourself. it off. Yeah, honestly, go and watch some Gavin and Stacey. 
Yep. Just go and watch something find, mindless. Find find something relaxing rather than anything which is going to turn your brain on and make you feel just bad, you know. But that's why I also do vlogs, really, really, really relaxed vlogs where I'm doing yeah. absolutely nothing. Because sometimes I love watching like um, like Grackle, for example, or Ellie Darby when they just have a day where they all they've done is like gone to Tesco, walk the dog and had a chill yeah. day watching movies. I love that too. So it's, yeah, as you said, it's all, it's up to you to get a healthy diet of, of content. You know, yeah. think of think of content about as like the things that you put in your body. Like sometimes you want the healthy greens, you know, the productivity videos, the how to change your life videos. Sometimes you want a big fat McDonald's and yeah. you just want some comfort content. And that is also a-okay. Absolutely valid. Like honestly, like whatever you want to consume, it's, it's, it's just important to be honest with yourself and just, make sure that you are not self-sabotaging yourself by yes. by watching YouTube, which is meant to either be motivating or like relaxing ultimately. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so what has kept you going with your channel during times where you've contemplated taking like extended break or, or I don't know, I mean, even quitting in its own right, because, because I mean, you've been doing it for so long now. And, um, and, um, and when I met you, um, you were doing beauty content and then like a bit of studying stuff. So, so I think, I guess kind of dealing with that change in content, how people have, have like reacted to it and just general YouTube struggles anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one beauty of my channel is that I've never, exploded in subscribers overnight. If I'm honest with you, I've, I've not really gained many subscribers in the last couple of years, right? Because I see myself as being incredibly lucky in that the people that subscribe to me have kind of grown up with me. Yeah. And the people that were subscribed to me back when I was 14 were also like me, like little Zoella obsessed fangirls that yeah. was obsessed with beauty. And then they have gone through their GCSEs and A-levels and, and have gone to university and have learned the lessons that I've learned and have made the mistakes yeah. that I've made and have followed me along that path. And so I feel really lucky in that no matter what direction I've kind of taken my channel, people have always been interested and have always wanted to know because I'm really grateful that my channel, people watch me for me, which is crazy to me. And it's not something that I really realized until about, until last year really, that people watch my videos because they like they are interested in me as a person my personality like they found my and i now have people comment being like oh i found your study content useful but like i really love your new content i love that you're yeah. just honest and open so i'm really lucky in that respect that i didn't carve myself into such a niche yeah and that i apparently have a personality that means that people just want to carry on watching <laughs> I, I don't understand that at all but um so for an example this week i I mean, well, it's a bit of a failed example, actually, because unfortunately, every like two months, YouTube just decides that one of the videos is just not going to go into people's subscription boxes and the notifications yeah. are not going to get sent out. And it just happened to be this video. But um, I did like a week in the life of a journalist. So it was a bit of a different vibe. Like I was doing the podcast and the radio. It didn't go out to as many people. But like I know now looking at the thing, it's like I didn't get the notification through on my phone. A lot of people didn't get the notification on their phone that it, yeah. that it had come out. But even despite that, it's performed well for a video that 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 happens. Does that make sense? Like, so yeah. for a video that hasn't gone out, it's it's performed okay actually. Yeah. Um, and all the comments have been like, "Wow, Eve, this is so interesting. It's so cool to see you like do another part of your life. Like, this is really mm -hmm. awesome. Like, carry on making content like this." And so, I think if you're passionate and and you have built an audience that cares about you and, and how you are that's why people love my like my gin chats videos are my most popular videos by yeah. far and away i could make a video about how to find world peace and people would still rather watch me with a glass of gin just chatting and i think when i've spoken to people about it they've said it's because it just feels like i'm sat down with a mate just having a chat about random things and I think as long as you can keep that level of personality and relatability and you can be honest and open and vulnerable and basically just be a friend to someone. The people I watch on YouTube are like that. I watch Grackle because Grackle in in my mind is 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 a friend. Um yeah. is is someone that I, I watch because I'm like I feel invested in I, I feel invested in her life and I feel invested in her as a person and what she's gonna go on to do. Whereas the, the YouTubers that I tend to watch for like a little bit and then stop are the people who I'm watching yeah. for like the kind of trend and then the trend's gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, like absolutely. Like I cannot believe that I had just turned 11 when I started following you. Like that's just like I was so small and and yeah. and and next month I'm turning 17 and I've been watching you that that whole teenage years like the whole That's mad school, to me. That's that is insane to me. to me. Like 
I, I think you are one of the few YouTubers that, 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 well, no, actually the only YouTuber since that time that I'm still watching. Like That's crazy. That's literally crazy. Like, like, like not being rude to anyone at that meetup, but I don't watch any of their content anymore because it's just not interesting to me. Like I, I, I only watch your content and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just That crazy. is crazy. And to be honest, like if you look at my YouTube in terms of growth, in terms of like, how many subscribers like if i went back to 14 year old me who was obsessed with gaining subscribers and like all of that whereas nowadays i literally wouldn't want my channel to be any bigger than it is i love like yeah. and touch wood this could change tomorrow and i'm sure it probably will one day um but at the moment like i can literally just whack out a video and it will get between 25 and 40,000 views average some videos will get more interest but the same people come back and the same people reply to my DMs. And no, I'm not growing. I'm, I'm not become the next Molly May. But I don't think I would want that. No. I really, what I really love about my channel now is it's a community of people that know me and have known me for a long time and that we all just watch the videos and we grow together and we learn together. And yeah, like, yeah, and I have viewers like you that have literally been around. And most of my viewers are those sort of viewers that have stuck with me, which I'm so grateful for like literally every single day and i think that that's what makes my channel of course you get the haters you get the naggy people and i i have changed you know i i like myself more as a person yeah. now I'm, and people will comment like you know you seem less stressed you seem this you seem that great but like that's because people have what like that's ha that happens to every single human being like yeah. every single human being will look back on their 13 year old self and think there are so many lessons I've learned since then. I've mellowed out so much as a person. People have watched me grow and change. Has that impacted me as a person? Definitely. I'm definitely more of a people pleaser. I definitely get more anxious about what people think. But have I built a lovely, wholesome community? I didn't get a single hate comment on this week's video. Touch wood. Um, because I'm really lucky that I do get... I, I do have a very small group of like people who are absolutely determined to just find a problem with everything that I say. Yeah. But most people are so kind and so welcoming and that's why I like my channel. I don't see, because I don't want to go into YouTube. I've never been a full-time YouTuber. I never want to do it full-time. I see it as a little thing that has just brought me so much joy and has, has allowed me to do so many of the things that I wouldn't have been able to do and, and has motivated me to grow and change in the right direction. So I, I'm so into, I do, I, I, I can't think what I would be like. I don't think I would have got to Oxford. I don't think I would have, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would be like if I had, because I started when I was like 13. Yeah. So I don't remember, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't have this little community of people, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I'm going to get on to the final question because this is going to be a long episode for anyone. I know, I'm so sorry. Watching. Good it's God, it's so chill. long. Oh <laughs> my chill, God. Honestly, yeah, so yeah. I can just see people unsubscribing now like, bloody hell, this girl, does she ever <laughs> shut up? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, so the last question I'm going to leave you all with and leave Eve with is, is like, what do you think the future of your channel um, and, and your life outside academia will look like? Oh, Matt, you know... Do you know, I used to, I used to do, I used to do all these appearances and things and like talk to people on podcasts and whatever. And like, it was always like, oh yeah, next stage, get into Oxford, next stage exams, next yeah. stage. And at the moment I've been doing lots of these talks and every single time I finish and I, I shut my laptop and I just have an absolute existential crisis because I just don't know where my life, what my life is going to look like in two years time. And that is terrifying to me. Future of my channel. I had a whole meeting about this with my manager the other day. And she was like, what, what do you want out of your channel? What do you, I was like, you're asking me all these questions that I, I don't know the answer to. For the first time in my life, I really don't know. I think, as I said, I think my channel will carry on growing with me. And I think there will there will come a natural point where I stop it. And what yeah. I hope happens is that I'll have moved into other areas of public life. So, for example, if I go into journalism, that people that have watched me will just kind of, like, listen to my radio shows or, like, see me on the TV and go, oh, hey, that was her. And, like, will follow me in that capacity and yeah. will stay with me in that way and that I won't be an influencer I won't be doing like hashtag gifted hashtag spawn hashtag all this <laughs> stuff um I think there will just be a natural day where I upload my last YouTube video and that that's that's where it, I don't think yeah. it will be like a big announcement like I'm leaving yeah um you'll probably notice I've privated like all of my old videos on my first channel and my vlog yeah. first because like you know I've, I'm keeping them for myself but you you grow and you learn and and like I I just I having 14 year old me on the internet just makes me like cringe um so with my channel i've decided myself to not think 
I have to think about the financial aspect of it, obviously, because I'm incredibly grateful that to have earned money through YouTube and it is a very stable income. Yeah. And But I, I'm hoping that what will happen is I will get a job and I'll hopefully document a little bit of that. But eventually, like, my job salary will take that place and it'll all yeah. just... I'm hoping that as the YouTube declines, my... I'm, that's how I'm hoping it'll happen. Of course, yeah. there will be lumps and bumps and, and tears and goodbyes and stuff. But yeah. Um, and your other question was career. Um... I think I've lied to myself for a long time um, in terms of what I kind of said I wanted in life. Um, I was always like, oh, I want to be a big, you know, big high flyer, like earning like six figures, like living the best life in London. Yeah. And uh, this year's made me realize that I really don't want that. I want a job that's not my life, that I love, that I, that I, re that's what I mean. Like with Black Country Radio, I'm obviously doing it voluntarily, but it doesn't feel like, a, it doesn't feel like a chore. Yeah. And, and since doing that, I've realized, okay, radio does not pay as well as, as, you know, law or, you know, it really doesn't pay a lot actually. But if I got up every day and I could make a living from doing something that I really love, I really yeah. don't care. All I want in my life is a happy family, a dog and some, and, a nice house that I'm proud of and that I love being in and the ability to be comfortable and to not have to worry about money too much. That's all I want. And I've realized that. So I think ultimately I would love to be, a I'd love to be like, like Victoria Derbyshire, essentially like Victoria Derbyshire. She does a bit of radio. She's done like the politics talk shows. She does a bit of presenting. She does documentaries. That's it. That's what I want. I want to just, I want to be one of those journalists that like, doesn't just have like a nine to five at a desk, like kind of does, a bit of podcasting, a bit of radio appearances, a bit of panorama, a bit of, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I want. Um, Of course, like I might not become a big shot journalist. That might not happen. I'm going to work and hope that that does happen and that I can just retire and just have had a really great life and have spoken to loads of amazing people and have just thought, wow, like what a journey it's been. But yeah. yeah. So that's kind of no fixed plans, but I think watch out the today show i'm coming your way i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thank you so much eve for having this chat I've, I've had such a good time um yeah um i will leave all of eve's links in the description of this episode so please make sure to check her out if you haven't you should be able to tell from this episode that she's lovely so please go and go and support her um, yeah, thank you so much um, for listening. If you've got to the end, well done. <laughs> I know, absolutely. So Claps long. to you and thank you for having me. Um, this is probably the longest podcast I've ever filmed, so. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I mean, I mean, like the longest episode I've done is like 25 minutes, so this is definitely oh breaking my God. the record. <laughs> Guys, if you're still here, I, I doubt they'll have, they'll have had to have listened to this in chunks, surely, like 20 minutes a day for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, thank you so much. Um, um, and as I said earlier, um, I really do appreciate all of your feedback. Um, so check out my my other recent episode where I have that link to the feedback form um, in the description. I would really appreciate if you could try and fill that in because I would really like some more responses for that. Um, and once again, check out the podcast Instagram. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Eve. And bye. Bye.